How's it going? What are you doing? I'm Eve Sturgis, and I'm just over here hosting the podcast, Everything's Relative, like I do. I love to talk to people about their DNA discoveries, and I think it's a really good idea for us to be documenting this time in history. And when I say this time in history, I mean at this time when technology has made DNA more available than ever before, more more quick, more easy, more cheap, which uh, is exposing more secrets than ever before, which is changing lives like no one could have predicted. So that's what we're doing over here. Hey, I said last week that this week's episode was going to be another heavy one, another deep dive into some dark territory, which is a reality of the NPE community. It really is. But I have changed my mind, partly because I felt like we could use a break, partly because I actually want a little more time to edit, edit the next that episode, that particular heavy episode, and um, partly because I have the stomach flu and I need an easy week. So thank you for your flexibility, listeners. There are no trigger warnings this episode. I am instead going to introduce you to Mendy. He is a righteous dude who was kind enough to give me his Friday afternoon last week. Thanks for listening. This is Everything's Relative. Yeah, of course I know Eagle Rock. You guys have, there's a great pizza place there. Casa uh, Bianca? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's Small a good world. pizza. Yeah, totally. So tell me what uh, what's going on with you. Tell me what ha- oh, what ha- what happened? What happened? Well, COVID happened. It happened mm-hmm. for everybody. Um, but it's I think probably the best is uh, starting about where my as a childhood. So I, I, I lived I was born in the, you know, uh, Connecticut in the 1980s, uh, which was a great time to grow up in Connecticut. Like it was the East Coast and just the music, everything. I love everything 80s. Um, I had a pretty privileged childhood. I grew up on, you know, in a somewhat wealthy home, upper middle class. Uh, so I you know, was at the summer camps and everything. Uh, and it was a Jewish upbringing, but more culturally. Um, you know, we would go on the high holidays to synagogue, but you know, uh, on Yom Kippur, I would you know, have a bacon double cheeseburger. <laughs> In the afternoon. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we were culturally Jewish, and that's because you know my dad um, was you know Jewish growing up, and you know Judaism was very important to his mom. So my mother converted when I was a child uh, from Christianity. So we had it was a very nice. All our friends, you know, I had an older brother. He was about nineteen months ahead of me, uh, and I had I had a really nice upbringing i was always the different one i was always kind of the entertainer i was always the um the you know the blonde haired blue-eyed um black sheep so to speak of the family uh i definitely felt it in a way my dad always was um you know more uh, more leaning towards my older brother now, my dad had been married before my mom, um, but she was unable to conceive children. So they adopted three kids, uh, which is, you know, I mean, that's, he had a whole life before. I mean, when they met, he was like 50, 51 or something like that. And my mom was like 26. Uh, mm-hmm. So I know, right? <laughs> uh, but he, 
so he had you know the three kids from before and then me and my older brother um we grew up you know as siblings we didn't see we didn't know i mean we maybe knew that they were adopted but we never went into it i always saw them as my brothers and sisters um but they always saw us differently because right. they knew they were adopted uh and since they've gone and found their their birth families and uh, engaged with that but they uh they've always knew they were adopted we never really knew so you know they always looked at us like we were kind of like you know the purebreds so to speak right and it was a source of contention from the between them and us um they always called us the favorites which yeah. i always say to them i definitely am not the favorite right my, my older brother's the favorite but i but i definitely felt that there was something different about me than my older brother um my father always said in his later life that his work was his mistress uh so he was one of those guys who would work till like you know would leave the house at seven uh had his own business would come back eight nine o'clock at night go behind a newspaper uh, and we would try to play with him and he just would you know wasn't really there um but he was always there for my brother playing. We always kind of connected with one thing and that was sports. Mm -hmm. When I, when I was six, my parents got divorced. Um, and about the age of seven, my mom started dating uh, another man. And my dad was off frolicking with pretty much every, every uh, young woman he could locate or convince to go out with him. Uh, he was quite a ladies man. So I'm not, I wasn't surprised, uh, but you know, I would still, we would, we would go on the weekends or every other weekend with our dad, with my dad. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, I would find myself hanging out with my dad's girlfriend uh, or whoever at the time. And my dad and my brother would go off and do stuff together. Right. And I never, I never thought anything of it. I thought that I was just, you know, following his footsteps as a ladies man or something that, you know, <laughs> they, the people, they, they wanted to spend time with me. They found me quite charming, which, right. I, you know, I can't blame them, but definitely it's something that, you know, uh, st stands out, especially now in retrospect. Of course. Um, <clears throat> we never, he and I never really connected, my dad and I. We connected later in life. I always felt I was trying to earn his approval all throughout life, throughout high school, you know, and uh, even in the university, even after university, working with him, at, you know, for a period of time, I always was trying to earn his approval. And then at one point in time in my life, you know, maybe 10 years ago, I said, uh, I've, I've achieved a lot in my life as is. I don't need his approval. And that's when the kind of, I guess, the power dynamic changed between right. me and him. And, and, and then we started connecting more. And we started you know, he started like learning and respecting who I am as a human being and why later in life I started to get closer to Judaism, uh, why I married who I married, why I put, you know, my personal faith above uh, personal profit, mm -hmm. right? Uh, that was always something, you know, that was, I was, yeah, like very difficult for them. Yeah. Anyway, sure. <clears throat> so I grew up, you know, we, we lived with my mom and my stepdad. We moved uh we moved to a different country and we came you know whenever my dad would have us come for a weekend he would fly us 
he would pay for my brother's ticket, but not mine. My mom would always pay for my ticket. Whoa. Did you know that at the time? I, 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 I found this out later, right? I found this out later. Wow. I was, I mean, I was a kid. It was, and, that, and that's something that's kind of like, okay, like, you know, I, I think the argument was, oh, well, you know, we're, we're doing this half-half, right? We're, oh, you know, sure. Go, we're going Dutch, so to speak. But like, you know, I was always the one that right. wasn't getting paid for. So, you know, now looking back, once again, like, it makes me think maybe he knew. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, fast forward to COVID-19, right? COVID you know, struck everyone differently. Uh, I ended up being furloughed and staying home and being a home teacher to my kids, uh, which I completely failed at. Uh, they, they, I think they definitely regret to a level that was unseen before. Uh, but, you know, my, my wife was a teacher, so she was continuing teaching during this time. All the stories were coming out about COVID and, you know, pre-existing conditions and, uh, you know, different things with your DNA. I, I was just following it very closely because I've always had an interest in my family's history. My mom's side, you could trace it back, we're daughters, you know, daughters of the revolution all the way back to the Mayflower. My dad's side, he always, you know, oh, yeah, we're from Eastern Europe. That was, that was the saying. We're from Eastern Europe. You want to know? Ah, go figure it out yourself. I mm-hmm. don't have time for it. I want to make money. That was kind of like, that's literally my upbringing in a nutshell. Um, it's, you know, with, so I decided, okay, I'm going to do, you know what I'm going to do to 23andMe with the health stuff. Maybe it can provide some insight into, you know, uh, predisposition to a pre-existing condition. I don't know. I just, you know, I, I think everyone bought a lot of things online during COVID that they may look back and regret now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely, for the first time in my life, had my credit card number stolen probably three times. Oh my gosh. All, all within the first couple of months. So, it, it, I mean, it was, it was mayhem. So I did it and I said, okay, you know, I'm going to do it. What's the harm? Um, I get the tube, right? My wife thinks I'm totally Meshuggah saying like, what are you doing? Like, this is, why are you wasting your time? And I said, I'm going to do it anyway. I spat in the thing. And the only time I stepped into like an enclosed space during COVID, not even to the grocery store, was to mail that back to 23andMe. Um, then I get, you know, so I download the app. I do all the connecting of, you know, this, this was my thing. And I get a notification, your results are in a couple months later or a month later. And my wife's teaching upstairs. And so I'm like, oh, awesome. She wanted to see the results with me. So I run upstairs and, uh, you know, she's on her Zoom classroom with, you know, six, seven-year-olds. And I come running in. I'm like, I got the, I got, I got the results. <laughs> she said, be quiet. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, but I'm almost done. So just wait five minutes. <laughs> so I said, okay, fine. So I go downstairs and I'm waiting. She comes downstairs. She goes, okay, let's, let's open it up. And we open it up and it's, you know, a very uh, expected what I expected on, um, you know, 50% was, uh, or 45% was uh, German, French, British, Irish, whatever. That's, that's all, you know, Mayflower-ish. Right. <laughs> exactly. And then it said 55% Italian. And I was like, geez, my mom, <laughs> she's, she's, she, you know, my dad, you know, only this guy would run around saying he's from Eastern Europe and, and, and not realize he's Italian, 
and I am, and you know, but it, no Ashkenazi Jew, none of none of none of that stuff, right? And so I, I said I, I said to my wife, I said, you know, I, all I, he's running around telling everyone he's from Eastern Europe. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And I noticed the DNA uh, DNA relatives tab. Mm-hmm. So I click it. I expect to see you know fifth cousin, sixth cousins on my mom's side, things like this. I see half sister, and it's definitely not anyone I know. Wow! It was like a slap in the face, and then freezing cold water, and then another slap, and then my wife hitting me, being like, "What? Can you believe what?" what's going on just like do you see what i see exactly exactly and we were both in this kind of like total state of shock um she couldn't even like she wanted to be there like to be like are you okay but she herself was shocked Right. right so like the two of us together are just sitting there and our kids are by the other on the other hand are in the room on the other side of the room yelling calling us right right like life Saying, is still like, going on oh yeah it's going and it's going now it's going a mile a minute i can't keep up so i'm i'm like taking my my few minutes and trying to capture my breath and then my wife's like i have to go back to teach like i have to go back to class so she goes back upstairs and she's like, are you okay? I'm like, I, I, I'll, I'll get there, right? Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm old enough that I could try to figure, you know, I just need my time to figure and process. And, you know, so I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm looking at all these and I don't recognize a single name of anybody in the top 10, 15 of, of this thing. I'm like, this is crazy. Maybe they, maybe they screwed up. Right. Maybe they screwed up just like, you know, I mean, I, this part you could write in a book for anyone who's found out any MPE, NPE, anything. This is like the one thing we all think that, you know, well, you know what? It's got to be the fault of 23andMe. It's right. their fault. <laughs> you know I, mean, I mean, mistakes happen. Mistakes exactly. happen in life. Like things like technology, things mess up. Everybody has had an experience of something getting it wrong. So why yeah. not 23andMe? Exactly, exactly. And, and, you know, maybe when I spat in it, right, I, you know, someone else, maybe the guy at the post office, because it's COVID and all, right, he might as well open it up and spit in it himself. Like, who knows? Your mind, <laughs> you, you, you just, your mind just goes anywhere. That would be so gross. Sorry. Oh, especially like literally, this is in the heart of like the COVID. <laughs> this is like the eye, but your mind goes there because you right. just don't want to understand or expect or, or, or believe what you're seeing on this website and then you start thinking maybe this is like another one of my credit cards being screwed or taken advantage of uh so i mean the first thing i do is i, I pick up the phone and i call my mom all right and i said and i said to her, i said you know uh, and so i'm trying to frame it like you know like, i'm not just going to come out and throw it in her face but mm-hmm. had you, you know, al- did you already suspect i had never suspected anything but I mean, but so when you're looking at them, when you called your mom, were you, had you already been thinking, oh, maybe I have a different dad? Or were you just still thinking, did you know that dad thought he was from Eastern Europe and he's Italian? I, I think that, yeah, the second. That, so okay. that that's more kind of where I was going. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of, I, I was buying into the, the rose colored glasses way of sure. looking at it. Of like, 
you know, oh, this is totally just a mistake, uh, you know, but maybe this ancestry part is okay or whatever. Um, then I, so then I, you know, I call her and answers. She says, hi, how are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, dad is such a funny guy. And she tells me, what did he do now? <laughs> right. This is, you know, it's her ex-husband, right? It's not like, right, love right. and, and I said, you know, he's runs around saying, telling everyone he's from Eastern Europe. I said, but he's 55% Italian. She goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, that's what 23 and me said. And she, like, <laughs> I, I could hear her jaw yeah. hit the floor. Like right? you could like, hear her heart drop into her stomach. And like I, my and heart just dropped into my stomach for your mom. Exactly. And and and, and I and the best part is the response when she said, I I thought I asked you not to take that. Oh. <laughs> okay. Like, you little like, boy. Is there something you want to tell me? Because at this point in time, you know, it, it, it's starting to it's starting to make sense, and, and now everything's starting to become clear. Because when I when I heard that drop on the other side, like she didn't actually drop the phone, but when I heard like literally that quiet, mm-hmm. I knew, okay, the truth is actually is is actually here. And so I said that to her, and. and it says, is this something you want to tell me? So she, t- she proceeds to tell me that she had had an affair. She was very young in the marriage and my father was older. And as you said, as he, as he said in his life, he, his, his work was his mistress, right? And that's something that, you know, for him was very, you know, a, 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 re- a revelation late in life. Now, I love my dad. And I love my mom, right? So for me, this didn't, this didn't change anything. I mean, it, it changed a bit of our relationship in one way, meaning like I just realized, wow, like she really was able to sweep that under the rug and as if it never happened, right? And, and then she told me she had, so she had this affair and uh, it was with the, an individual. Uh, let's call him Bob. He's Italian. Well, exactly. <laughs> and he's definitely Italian. <laughs> and he, um, you know, she said it was short-lived. It wasn't, it was literally something she did when she was younger and was just out of, you know, being lonely, loneliness. Sure. And, uh, and it was also the 80s, right? Right. Like, you know, she never could have known that I would have spat, I could spit in a cup and, and, be, and be able to, to find this out. You know, the minute that the, the other person sneaks out the, out the back door, it's over. No one knows anything. It's over. To, totally. It's as if it never happened. I mean, face, so, Facebook, technology, so many things have changed. Yeah. Nobody could, nobody could know. Exactly. So that was one of uh, the, the harder conversations I've had in life because you know, this is someone I care about deeply. And I'm trying to kind of wrap my head around this now 40 plus year old secret. Right. Um, so I said, did, you know, does my dad know? And she said, no, no way. No, 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 no. No one should ever know about this. And I said, 
I love that I'm saying that on a podcast. Mm-hmm. That is <laughs> going to go out. I wish I was that. I wish I could like surprise you with her on the other line right now. Um, like, sorry, uh, I thought I was getting Eve Sturgis, not uh, Jerry Springer. Right, Jerry. Yeah, because that's what, that's what that's that would be a different kind of podcast. <laughs> yeah, that would be a different kind of podcast. A fun one though, probably to watch. Um, so <clears throat> I, I question whether or not he knew, and you know, she she didn't know. And I said, I said, well, maybe it's maybe it's wrong. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm trying to kind of give it. You know, maybe it's wrong. And she goes, you know, you're ninety nine percent. You're your dad's. You're your dad's son, right? Ninety nine percent. Your mom, I love. I mean, she sounds Listen, adorable. Got, she sounds adorable. You, oh, and you gotta have, you gotta respect the dedication to the to the lie. Yeah. <laughs> you, gotta, you got or or to the the belief of that possible point zero one percent. You know, afterwards I said, okay, well, you know, I said, I don't. You know, I don't hold you. I don't have any ill will. I don't. This is, you know, you were young and stupid. Um, like that's just it is what it is, right? So, and we hung up, and you know, she texted me almost like right away. She's like, "I'm just so sorry that you're having to deal with a mistake I made 40 years ago." Mm. So and, interesting how will I mean? So many moms don't come clean so quickly. I even hate the I, word come clean. It's like our yeah, honest right away. Like totally. She so so I I I'm very impressed that she still wants it to be a very, you know, her secret, but she's well, it's also listen, I I I think that there's you know, I always she always I was always kind of her baby. Mm. Right. I was always and now I realize, well, maybe that's because I literally was only her baby. But but <laughs> I was always kind of like you know, very much like her. And so, you know, we have always had like kind of an open relationship in a way where I could go to her and say things that I normally wouldn't say to other individuals or I would, you know, I would be able to approach things. And, and so that was, you know, I, I respected that. And I think she respected that. And then for her to come and apologize. And say, but, you know, in that apology, she said, I really hope you don't, you know, that it just died, that it just dies here. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not happening. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> that, yeah. that, I'm not that guy. Um, meanwhile, while this conversation is happening, this is all happening like within like you know an hour of the results. I get a message on 23andMe from a first cousin. Okay, let's call her. Let's call her Lisa. Right. Saying, "Hey, I see we're first cousins. Who are you?" <laughs> And my reply was, if you asked me an hour ago, I would know. Right. Now I got no idea who the hell I am. And she wrote back saying, oh, well, you know, I think maybe you should have a conversation with, uh, you know, the person who showed up as my sister. Uh, or I guess it would be half sister. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Uh, let's call her. I don't know. Throw a name out. Eve, let's call her Eve. Okay. okay. Sister Eve. Okay. Exactly. Uh, she goes, you know, I think you should have a conversation with Eve because on my side, it's showing you guys as half siblings. <laughs> now, word of warning to anyone who falls into one of these, <clears throat> these uh, MPE, NPE situations, you could fall into a 
a beehive of family dynamics that have the potential of stinging you to an anaphylactic state. Wow. (laughs) I said, well, you know, is, would this be something, you know, you would like, are you close with her? Have you talked to her? Because literally this is all happening like split second right. in the instant messaging. And she said, no, we don't speak. Uh, oh, God. And I said, oh, okay. Um, fine. Well, I thank you so much. I will reach out to her. Right? So I sent a message because now I realized that the cousin was shown that I exist. That means it's a matter of time before the half sister knows I exist, either through a 23andMe thing or a cousin who later I found out, like there's not a, there's no love lost between the two sides of the family. So, you know, maybe it's something that would be used down the road or maybe it's, you know, or just gossip, whatever. I don't, at this point in time, you know, ignorance is, it's not bliss, but it's ignorant. And so uh, I sent a message to the sister Eve, so I picked, mm-hmm. you know, I sent I sent a message saying the same kind of encompassing the response I gave to the the, fir- the first cousin. I uh, up, you know, hi, I'm uh, Mendy. Sorry, like this. Uh, an hour ago, I thought I knew who I was. Now I'm like just as lost as anyone else. And like saying, you know, I hope you, you know, you're doing good. I mean, this is in the heart, like the depths of COVID. So I hope you, you know, you're safe and like, I don't know, where do you want to go? Right. And I kind of just left it and, you know, I'm thinking, okay, you know what? Someone who receives that, it's going to take them some time to process. Boy, was I wrong. Within an hour, (laughs) I get a message, I get a message to connect from Eve. And then I'm like, oh, wow. And then. So we connect and I know that she's just checking out all of my, you know, whatever, my vitals or whatever it is you call it, all my details, mm-hmm. right? You know, oh, oh wow, you, you know, the, the Italian or this. And at that point in time, I'm like, wow, any minute she's either going to respond to me or this is dead, right? And like my wife at this point in time is done teaching, came downstairs and said to me like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? I told her, I said, you know what? I have to tell you, this train took off. Yeah. Wow. And I didn't realize, but my hand was holding onto the railing when it mm-hmm. took off. And now I'm literally just trying to either pull myself onto the train or I'm going to jump off. I just don't know what to do. And it's Pandora's box, right? Like you're really putting everything out there. About about half an hour later, I get a response from Eve saying, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I cannot believe this is happening. I am in utter like shock. You must have tons of questions. I have tons of questions. Maybe we should talk. Which you know I responded... Oh, sorry. Do you know how old she was at that yet? She's she's younger than me. So she is, she's about 34, 34, okay. 35, okay. something so like that. Okay. Now, and it, you know, one of the funny things is, is that 
you know, she is like based on the portfolio, drop dead gorgeous, mm-hmm. right? And the reason I'm saying it is, is that my wife made a comment saying, it's a good thing you didn't live back there because <laughs> knowing you, you probably would have hit on her. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that's, that's crazy. I mean, and that's scary. And it's like, that's, you might be right. That's <laughs> like Pandora's the, box. I mean, everything, like, everything becomes possible. Exactly, exactly. So um, I, I mean, so she sends me this message and I'm like, okay, like 30 seconds later, I'm like, yes, this is my phone number. What's your phone number? I can call you. Yeah, I did not leave anything to the imagination. There was no chase there. I'm like, I'm yours. What do you want? I'm here. <clears throat> we talk and we talked for like an hour. And Eve, I could tell you talking to Eve was like, for me, the most fulfilling conversation I've ever had. Wow, 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 wow. I had, you know, as I said, I was always kind of the entertainer in my family. I was always the, the black sheep or everyone would roll their eyes at stuff I would do, my commitment to different things and passions and in some forms, like obsessions, like of things that like, I, you know, I just can't let go of it. <clears throat> it's as if I took me and cloned a female version. Wow. That is the conversation we had, right? To the extent of like, I have always grown up with the worst irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> and if you're Jewish, you know what I mean. And I've grown up and I've grown up thinking to myself, I have the worst Jewish stomach that exists. Turns out it's not Jewish. It's an Italian <laughs> stomach. And it turns out that this family has the exact same stomach problem. Wow. To the extent that Eve actually is on the exact same medication that I am on. Wow. Whoa, whoa. Dosage. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it is like you met a clone. I'm, I'm, I kid you not. And you know, I was on just this total high. My wife is literally sitting on the bottom of the stairs. Like we threw the kids in front of the TV. We're like, watch whatever you want. She's sitting at the bottom of the stairs. I'm like in our extra room and I'm just sitting there talking with this person who is literally like my soulmate, right? Like, and I couldn't be happier. Um, you know, she, and she informed me that I also have a half brother. Uh, who is younger than her now. <clears throat> and she informed me that my biological father is still alive. Okay. So Bob, Italian Bob, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> has, is also quite a, uh, a ladies man. So when him and my mom actually had, uh, let's say created me, mm-hmm. they, he was, single or dating dating who now is maybe the, is their mom it's uh, that part's unclear <clears throat> right now some but he wasn't time, married some fuzzy he timeline right yeah fuzzy timeline exactly he wasn't married right <clears throat> um and like you know eve the sister kept saying like you know they were young and stupid like m- uh, my mom and him have been divorced already for 13 years because he cheated or something like that or he's had girlfriends over these years and he cheats on, he cheated on them. So like, you know, this, I'm not bringing anything kind of, you know, 
eye-opening to them as far as uh, you know the the father and his and commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I think that there's there was a uh, she said he's a great great guy. He's going to uh, you know will open up his house to you when he finds out. He's like he loves family that sort of stuff. And my brother, he may have a bit of a bit of a difficult at one point in time, but like, you know, I'm going to call him now, but like his fiance, you know, and he's, he's engaged, he just got engaged. So, and it's also, let's also, you know, we have to keep remembering this is in COVID. This is like in like lockdown, mm-hmm. at least for where I am. Yeah. And I think for them as well, like it was in lockdown, like North American lockdown. Mm-hmm. And when she, you know, when, when we hung up the phone, you know, we said, we'll, we'll talk. She's going to call right now, call the brother and call the dad. And when we hung up the phone, I was like, I need to sleep. Like, oh, <laughs> just exhausted. Yeah. Totally drained. like drained. And I couldn't, you know, and I went upstairs and I like literally closed my eyes for 30 minutes. And it was like, you know, my wife was on cloud nine. I was on cloud nine. You know, my wife had always said, like, I'm just so different than my family. Hmm. Growing up, I was, people always asked me, are you Italian? Because of the way I look, the way I talk, I talk with my hands. But I, I always thought this is just, you know, normal. I thought this is just, you know, I don't mean sign language. I mean, like, literally talking. Yeah, yeah, language. you gesticulate. Like, we're, we're on a Zoom right now. You actually see me talking. Yeah, with my hands. yeah. Uh, and so, you know, this is, it is as if I found my tribe. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's not to take away from my brothers and my sisters and my, and my mom and my dad. It, 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 I did not see that these two things have to go against each other. Right. I see it as it, this just, it's helping me discover who I am. Right. Because, you know, I've always just been content with the fact that I'm just the odd one. You know, I'm the one who can't sit in the classroom and can't do, can't go to, you know, can't do university, can't do these things, got kicked out in high school. That was me. That was who I was. And so, but everyone else is, you know, angels. Uh, after I, I took this little schluff, I woke up and I got a text message and it was from the half sister. And that's why, and I said, like, she's talk. And so we talk again. And so I, you know, this goes on and on for a couple of days. I call, we ended up sliding from phone conversations into text messaging, right? Which, you know, is a very kind of 2020 thing to do, 2021 thing to do. Because um, why, why waste the time talking when you can just talk with your fingers? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, sh- you know, we, we start talking and, you know, we're just getting to know each other. Like I'm finding out about her, like she works, in the nonprofit sector. And I, I, you know, am very, was very active in my nonprofit sector here. And she you know, cares about environment. I care about environment, not as much as she does, but I, I care about environment. And, and it's just, you know, we both kind of have the same way of talking. And it just, it was very, very, like, everything was just so smooth. After a couple of weeks, I realized that she's not really saying how the conversation went with the dad and the brother. <clears throat> so I start kind of asking like, you know, hey, should I reach out to them now? She said like, you know, leave it with me. I'll let you know when's a good time, right? Said, okay, 
a couple couple weeks go on a little bit further and still like we're chatting or texting and she, you know wishing me happy father's day and stuff like that uh, but nothing nothing's transpiring right so I, I reach out and i say hey is it uh, <clears throat> you know should i can i contact them or should i call them or like what should i do she says, comes back and says you know they know of you and yeah. they don't really want a relationship mm-hmm. and i was like okay um like what, is there a reason like i mean is it just is it whatever no reason was really given and at this point in time i feel i'm feeling her just like starting to distance right um so i go on you know npe facebook groups or whatever and i kind of throw it to the i throw it to the crowd and i say what would you, you know what are, what do you do in this scenario because you know contrary to popular belief there's no handbook for any of us right so we're going off piss and vinegar and our gut feeling. We're not, you know, we're not following any sort of guideline. If there was a correct guideline, trust me, we would follow it because we want a good result. Right. We want to do the right thing. You know, we're not interested in hurting people or upsetting families or, you know, uh, but, you know, people are different. Everyone has different personalities. And, you know, that this is in essence, the whole, the whole picture. Um, so I asked them and everyone said, don't listen to, you know, the, the sister, a lot of times in my case, my sister was blocking me from reaching out because she wanted to control the situation. I mean, every scenario was thrown except for, which is probably the most likely scenario, which in my situation is, uh, you know, just, it's, it's just shame. Mm. Right. The. I, so I follow everyone's guidelines. So I put together a little envelope and I put pictures and I write a letter and I send it by registered mail. And, and by the time it gets there, I, I have uh, the, the work where they both work at, right? There's no, I don't have the home addresses. So I sent it to the work. I see it was signed for, I see it was signed for by Bob. So the father signed for both copies and still nothing quiet, mm-hmm. right? And I start reaching out to the sister and I'm not hearing it. Oh boy. Right. So I, at this point in time, I'm like, okay, I'm really craving, like, if they don't want a relationship with me, man up and say to me, you don't want a relationship, pick up the phone, give me at least that little bit of respect and that little bit of acknowledgement that I exist. Right. Right, Cause otherwise it's like this ambivalence without closure that exactly. is its own kind of torture that's different than than an outright rejection exactly and anyone who knows me knows that i like unless you unless like i hear it from you i'm going to keep going until i hear it from you right so i continued i sent flowers to him on his birthday <laughs> uh-huh Within an hour of those being delivered, I received what I would call machine gun text messages mm. from the half-sister who mm-hmm. disappeared for over a month. And those were saying, what are you doing? They don't want a relationship with you. 
this is not respectful. Like, you know, all of a sudden, like, you know, it, it just, it was, it was uh, the most volatile thing that I've ever received by text message. And so I pick up the phone, I push the call button, which my generation knows how to do, but the other generation doesn't. So I pick the call, push the call button, no answer. I try again, no answer. So I send a text message saying, hey, I don't know if you could see, I'm trying to call you. At least, at least listen to me. Nothing, no response. So I wait a day, right? Because I don't want to respond emotionally. And I, so eventually I text message saying, listen, I'm working from the blind spot of not knowing what the heck is going on on your guy's end. You've gone quiet for a month, right? Everywhere I'm, everywhere I read, it says that I should be at least trying to connect directly with the biological father, right? And, uh, you know, I, I mean, what did I do wrong? I sent someone flowers on their birthday. I didn't say from your son. Like, you know, I didn't uh, rub someone's face in it. Still, so I sent it, no response. So it, it seems that at that point in time, it's, it's done. And it, that was for me very, very difficult because for someone to reject you without ever knowing, you, without ever having a conversation with you, without ever meeting you or, or anything, it is, it is in my eyes, the most painful form of rejection because you didn't, have a, you didn't even have a chance to show who you are or be who you are. And this is you know, something that I have, I, I have still to this day struggled with. Now, meanwhile, my biological father is you know, still around. My half, my, 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 now I found out half brother, the brother I grew up with mm-hmm. is still around, right? Like I have uh, my mom, I have the, my other brothers and sisters. I have uh, uh, my own network of people who I love and care for. And your birth certificate father is still. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Exactly. So I'm, everyone I'm, is still around. You have, a, yeah. Everyone's still around and everyone, you know, I'm still there. And all of a sudden, you know, right after this whole fiasco with, with Eve, sister Eve, uh, my half brother sends me a, a message saying, hey, what did your, when, you know, you told me you took 23 and me. I said, yeah. He goes, did it show up 50% Ashkenazi? I said, yeah, I think so. I don't know. I, I, I looked at it and I, you know, deleted it. And then he goes back. He says, he goes, mm, I remember you, I remember like you saying somewhere that it didn't or something like that. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm pretty sure it showed it. You know, like at this point in time, I'm, I'm already like deep in this. I don't want to, you know, throw my mom under the bus, right? At the same time, I also like, I'm not in the position where I want to be. It's not my secret to keep, right? right. I'm, not, I'm not lying for, no, for anyone else. So he, I pick up the phone, I call him, I said, why are you asking me all this? Like, what the heck is going on? He goes, well, I mean, I took a 23 and me, it's showing you as my half brother. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'm trying to figure out if it's you or me. Oh my God. I was afraid you were going to say that he found out he was also not Ashkenazi Jew. Oh, um, no. But, but, but you know what? He may not have been from my, my birth certificate father. We don't know. Right. 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 I mean, you know, it's, you know, it's the 1980s back east. Right. 
country clubs, you know, who knows what happened back there. And so uh, I, I said, at this point in time, I still, I, I, I say, it, I say mm-hmm. it, it's, it's me. It's me. At least that's what it looks like. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, just trying to figure out what the heck is going on. And he said to me, and this is someone who, you know, we grew up fighting, but we were always you know, brothers, but we, our relationship had kind of gotten rocky in the last, you know, 10 years or so. And he said to me, he goes, I don't give a crap what the DNA says. You're my brother, no matter what. And so this was something that, you know, I mean, every, every negative story has some sort of, you know, silver lining to it. And so these, this has some silver linings. Um, and it's not all negative. Because even since then, periodically, you know, messages are kind of sent through different ways through social media that make me know that the half sister really does want a relationship with me, mm-hmm. but she can't right? because she's conflicted and she's, you know, they're, they, they are a family unit of dad, brother, sister. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's, for lack of better words, outvoted here. Right. And they do not want, they do not want anything. They want, it's their method of dealing with, of dealing with it. It's like, you know, mine is open arms, whatever. Their method of dealing with it is literally take it, seal it up, open the drawer, put it in the drawer, lock the drawer. Okay. Try to sell the desk. So someone takes the desk, then leave the office close the office, burn the building down that the office is in. That's the way in which they deal with problems. God, it's so interesting because there, there's so many people that respond that way. And I would love to be able to sit down with them and, yeah. and find out what it is that they, what's, what's, what's going scary? on? Yeah. What what's is, what are you afraid of? Like, let's talk this out. I, God, I would love to talk about it in depth with, with what, cause it sounds like it might be really scary. Whatever it is, Listen, you know, as scary as it, as scary as it is for them, imagine what it is for me. All right, and as ma- and and sorry, I meant to do that the other way. As, ma- as scary <laughs> as it is for me, imagine what it is for them. Right. Also, different generation, right? Mm-hmm. Someone in their seventies, right? Um, so it's, it's shameful. And then also remember, like I said, there's there's family dynamics. So when I found out that the that it was four brothers and that two of them are. Uh, went one way, two of them went the other, one sued another, they haven't talked in 20 years, right? And so the first cousin is from one of the brothers who they sued the, sued the biological father. Like it, this, is, this is all, you know, things that, okay, a year later, hindsight 2020, I would, I would have done things a little bit differently, right? I would have let the train go and uh, eventually it would have come and there would have been another scheduled arrival at some point in time. Hmm. But- that being said, I, I, you know, I compiled a letter to send to Bob and I sent it to the addresses. You know, I've done all those being verif- been verified and white pages, all these other things where you try to get, you know, at least some sort of idea of where to send something. And so I sent, uh, I sent an ad, I sent the letter and it took like three weeks or four weeks because it's international. And then it came back, right? So by the time it came back, it had now been like six weeks from the time I sent it. And it said insufficient address. So, and I don't know. So then I sent it to the next address. And this time I sent it with uh, where they have to sign. Mm -hmm. And someone signed for it and it wasn't his name. But the letter pretty much said like, listen, 
now I understand things are a little bit clearer and I've been able to kind of sit down with my mom and understand a bit of the scenario. It turns out that there was a friendship between the couples later on in life that maybe made, you know, whatever. I, Makes this know, more complicated. I, maybe. I said, now I understand, it's, you know, there's more depth and more facets to this whole thing, but I'm not writing this letter to apologize for my existence. I'm writing it to apologize if my existence has caused you any pain or caused you any suffering or caused anything with your relationships with your, you know, with your existing family members. I said, because that's not the per that's not my purpose. My purpose is to find out who I am, right? G genetically, DNA wise. And, and if there is, if there is something that I can learn health wise, I would love to learn it. Uh, and, you know, God willing down the road, do you want to have a relationship, right? Or the brother or the sister or all three want to have some sort of relationship or contact. I'm open to it to see where it could go, right? About a week after I sent this, my, my birth certificate father passed away, mm. which made this whole thing even more because it was a double, like almost a double grieving, right? A grieving of the rejection from this family and now the grieving of this man. Now, the more I reflect on our relationship together, et cetera, the more I realize, you know, there is a chance, a good chance he probably knew, right? And mm -hmm. that for me just, you know, that elevates him to a, a whole new level as a man who maybe knew, most likely knew, but chose to raise me as his own. Now, yes, there were different things. I mean, it was not a nice divorce between my mom and my dad. So there are times that as kids, we were used as weapons in their fighting. And, you know, maybe that's, that explains the tickets or the, you know, the education payments or whatever. I don't know. Or dental, whatever. I, I've let go of all those things. For me, it's, I look at him and I think, wow, what an amazing human being. Even though I was treated a little bit different, I, it was, I was given, I grew up in, you know, a, a, a loving household to an extent, <laughs> like everyone else. Um, I was given every, you know, every opportunity. I had food on my table, in my stomach. I had you know, new clothes when I needed new clothes, new shoes when I needed new shoes. So overall, I, I mean, I'm better than many, many people in, in the world. Yeah, so when you think about the alternatives of what a, what a, what a partner, a man could do. Yep. Um, oh yeah, a hundred percent. And in so that, you know, raised him a, a whole new level now he passed away it was during COVID so I wasn't able to go for the funeral I wasn't able to go for any of this stuff and this is you know this is not even diving into the whole factor that you know I have always grown up identified as Jew mm -hmm. and Jewish um, I went to the extent of going through an orthodox conversion and I was in a yeshiva that was you know, with the idea of moving further to become a rabbi, an Orthodox rabbi. So to then find out that genetically, I don't have a single ounce 
of Jew in me, right? Uh, of, of Jewish gen, gen, you know, history or DNA in me, also for myself showed that that Orthodox conversion was so important for me without even realizing it. Mm-hmm. You know, now I, I hold a high position in the nonprofit sector in our Jewish community. And so it, this is for me a very, um, you know, these are, these are some of the silver linings uh, afterwards where, you know, you, or, and there's no afterwards because it's always going to continue. Mm-hmm. But these are some of the silver linings. And I really do hope that down the road one day they're able to put aside whatever, whatever it is that is causing them, uh, you know, I mean, I could hypothesize and come up with different ideas or different theories. Um, but, you know, I mean, some of the first cousin, first cousin, second cousin added me on Facebook one time. And then I got another one of the machine text or machine gun text messages. So I took them all off of Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just, it just seems that there is something there that is really holding them back. And, you know, I can understand it. I can respect it. And I still periodically send a message out by text message or through social media, just saying, you know, hey, how are you? This is what's up with the kids. This is what's up with me. Hope you're, you're doing well. And, you know, I send them into the abyss with the hopes that down the road, you know, with the hopes and belief that they are being read on the other side. And, mm-hmm. you know, the openness for me is extremely important and to let it, you know, eventually fall into a place where, you know, they may someday look back and say, this is not some crazy psycho serial killer. Right. <laughs> you know, you're, not out for, some... you're not out for their money. Oh, geez. I actually was worried that the father would ask me for money. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. Not that I'm not that I'm rich, but, you know, you know, you open up Pandora's box. Right. Anything, you don't know yeah. what you're going to get. Anything can happen. Yeah. And you read stories and you hear, you know, on like podcasts like yours, which is just phenomenal. My wife and I listen every week together. Um, and, you know, and NPE stories with Lily Wood. And you hear mm-hmm. these, these, all these stories and all these different ways that things can happen and how it just breaks down across. You just, you know, you're grateful for, you know, the people you have who are with you to support you throughout it. Uh, and you just live the process, right? And go through it and take the difficult days with the difficult days and the good days with the good days. Mm-hmm. And so I, I mean, you know, I, I'm in a place now where, I mean, I'm not open about it in my community, right? Um, they're, you know, the only person, the only two people in my family who know are my mom and my half brother, my, you know, half brother, my brother, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my brother, um, because he'd found out to the 23 and me, none of the others. know. no one else. And, you know, I think that eventually down the road that I will have that conversation, but because of all the travel restrictions and stuff like that, I, you know, I'm not able to see people in person and I'm not having it over the phone. Right. You know, cause I want to hug them afterwards. Mm-hmm. I want them to, to know that this is, doesn't change me. Uh, it doesn't change my, the way I view them and the love I have for them. It maybe changes, you know, whether or not I listen to Italian music. <laughs> my wife couldn't get over the fact that like all of a sudden I was ordering pizza. I was just say like, yeah, there's a whole new, there's a whole new menu available oh. to you. 
and not only that, like, you know, I, I downloaded classic Italian songs and we're blasting it all <laughs> over the neighborhood and everyone's like, what the heck is going on? What is going on over there? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, now looking at pictures of the biological father when he was my age and, uh, you know, side by side, mm-hmm. I have a hard time believing my mom when she says she didn't. Uh-huh. She didn't know. Right? I have a very, very hard time. Mm-hmm. And, Sometimes we know, see what we want to see or don't see what we don't want to see. Right. Yeah. And that's true. Right. And sometimes, and that's a survival technique, right? Like that's Absolutely. Just how some people survive. And, you know, the, the same, the same, the same critique, let's say that I, ha- I may have of the biological family of throwing it in a drawer and locking it away is the same survival technique that my mother used. For 40 years, she put it in the drawer and locked it away out of sight, out of mind. Totally. Totally. So that's, that's my story up until now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's, only, it's still it's happening. Only Friday. It's only Friday. It's only Friday. So who knows what tomorrow brings? The world is unfolding. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And, and, and it's, I really would. If there was even an opening, I would fly there to sit down and have a conversation. And if it's the only conversation we ever have, then that's fine, right? I just this the the unknown, the uh, the complete shutdown or blocking, and I just I can't do that. For me, that's very difficult. If they sat down and talked to me for five minutes, right? They would realize. I have absolutely no desire whatsoever to go after money, to go after uh, anything or to, to replace anybody. It's literally just to learn. Mm-hmm. And if a great relationship comes of it, great. Like, that's awesome. You know, but I-, I To and, learn, and- do you feel like, like to learn? Yes, like I, and 100%, um, I'm with you there. And do you, do you also feel like there's something to be said about- being able to look at this other person or these other people that not only have had this happen, but you guys have this, this like genetic, you guys are in the just this genetic connection, mm-hmm. like the experience is gen- So there's also this desire to just look at someone else and say like, this is really wild. Right. And they would say, oh. this is really wild. Like there's no one else can understand the level of, of, yeah. what you're going through this sort of we don't have the words for it experience except the other people like they're the only people you know who, I'm, like I'm, they I'm, have it they're having it because of you and you're having it because of them and there's there's no one else you can look in the eyes and say that to yeah and i, I you know i'm really blessed like like many of uh mpes that to have a loving uh, and supportive partner um and even my partner says to me multiple times i'm sorry I'm sorry if I, you know, if I, you know, said, oh, you know, but you are who you are or, you know, like something like that, mm-hmm. because she says now, and it's thanks to people like you, Eve, seriously, it's thanks to people like you, because she hears it in these podcasts and in these stories of all, of all my fellow NPEers, MPEers, that there is no one who understands. Nobody can get it except for 
the people who have who have lived through who it. have lived it yeah and and i you know the opportunity i would love to sit across the table from them and say this is crazy right yeah. i think that the sister would be like yeah it totally is because we have the same kind of personality mm -hmm. him him i got no idea i know nothing right. about him the only thing i know about him is he is literally like i tried sending a message on facebook and a friend request and then she came back with another machine gun right. uh, text message right so like you know, he, he, I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure of it. I'm sure he's just scared. You know, big life things are going on. He's engaged. He's, you know, COVID. Oh yeah. Uh, then they, they, then they're maybe they're worried. This is all about being worried about inviting you to a wedding. Oh. Oh well, I, I'll pump. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'll send them a letter telling them that there's no way I want to come to a wedding. Right. Right. No, but right. Maybe this is all the fiance being like, we've already ordered the plates. <laughs> like we cannot have another. <laughs> so the, the one thing is like that not I one more guest. The fiance seems to be also pretty cool as well. I think, I think it is the two men. I think that there is, and this is something that I have learned that, you know, sometimes in Italian culture, we can be stubborn us, us men, mm -hmm. uh, not just in every other culture, but also in Italian. Uh, and so I think that the, I think that there is a, uh, a concern that this can be used against the father in a, in a fight and just all, there's so many different things here. And the problem is that by not commuting, communicating, I hypothesize and come up with different facts, different, different scenarios. And then I'm like, oh, so then I'll try this or the, right. oh, if that's the case, I'll do this. Like, you know, probably most likely you know, the, the reasons are very mundane, probably. <laughs> I think most of us feel like, or in most NPEs, right? But because there's nothing, you have no choice but to, to think of everything. Exactly. Think but of everything. My, my point, and this goes to any, any of you who listen, who are on the other side, who are the family, right? Is engage with, with, with the NPE or the NPE. Because by engaging, uh, it's going to it's going to stop any wave of continuation if it's something that's not going to go anywhere by not engaging. And I don't mean engage by sending a cease and desist letter. If I got a cease and desist letter from him, I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to tell you what I would do because it's, but it's like, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Engage. Okay. So you got this 22, no problem. Um, let's have a conversation. Let's, let's be adults about this. Right. Let's, let's have an adult sitting at the table and, you know, sit down and say, okay, can we approach this in the, let's see how this can work. Um, oh, you want a relationship? That's going to be problematic for me because I've remarried and I have other kids. Um, you know, I see this, I see the scare on their end because they don't know who they're opening the door to. Yeah, I wish, I wish there was, I mean, I think this is just, this, I think this is a society problem more than an NPE problem, but if we could, if we could talk more about what we're scared of, maybe everybody could approach one another with a little more sensitivity. Well, that, I mean, geez, I think if we could just talk more period to people and like have, you know, open conversations about everything, uh, not just NPE, right. about, uh, about life and, 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 and food and everything. I think that we can have, you know, we would have a way better society. Let's just put our phones down for a little bit. Mm -hmm. But 
I mean, I think that there's also, there is, by the way, in my opinion, a market for a middle organ, like an organization that, that works in the middle, similar to like in the ado- adoption where yeah, you, know, I was- you send the letter and then the, that person reaches out and says, I'm from this organization, you know, this has, this has been, and, you know, at least then there would be maybe a uniform, a, a uniformed approach to one side and would also allow kind of a, I don't want to say an unemotional, but someone who is not emotionally attached. Like a neutral situation. ambassador. Yes, exactly. Kind, could, could help with the, yeah, with like the, with like in the adoption world, I believe it's called reunification. Yes. Something about, yeah, I was just thinking that like there needs to be a kind of a script or a protocol that's like, these are the yeah. things you want to know. These are the things you want to know. Like, is there a way to come together? Hmm. And, and, you know, this is something that, you know, it, it could also provide, it could provide a conduit for, you know, those families to, uh, you know, who, who maybe are not interested in having a relationship to at least express it to an individual. And that individual can come to the NPE and say, like, I mean, in my case, the half sister, it was expressed to the half sister and she expressed it to me. Right. Um, but the problem is that there is there is a history of blocking by siblings of mm-hmm. uh, of you know th- there is a history here by having that th- that that ambassadorship or whatever it is having that third party it kind of you know takes that away right and you know and they can even encourage saying listen even writing a letter right, right. and this can provide closure for you know, these, these people, you know, I mean, it's an idea. I don't know. Yeah. I may be wrong. No, I think we should keep talking about it. I mean, off the air, you know, <laughs> like, 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 I think you're right. I mean, I think there's so many opportunities for, cause that's what people want people or we want, or I, I think all people really appreciate uh, uh, containers, right? Like container structure protocol. And I don't mean that it needs to be militaristic, but um but routine, ritual, those are things that feel really good to people, us as people. Um, there's a safety in that. And, yeah, and, and I think people trust organizations, mm-hmm. right? Like if it is a, if there's a, it's a nonprofit organization like that, like they'll, they'll, they'll be like, oh, this actually is probably real, mm-hmm. right? Like this isn't just some random kook reaching out to me through a Facebook messenger. Yeah, and even at the very least, I'm also wondering... You have me thinking a lot also about just mentorship of some yeah. kind. Like if more, I know that the face, the groups, the Facebook groups and the, that, that the support networks are trying to provide that in a sort of grand scheme. But I wonder how it would feel if you, as an NPE in any element of the situation, if there was someone you could be connected with one-on-one to help you through the, you know, this is something, this is something I think that, I think this is something that um, there's an organization right to know. Yeah. I think, I think that this is something that I, you know, would fit really nicely into their uh, umbrella because I believe they have a hotline or something like that for MPs. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh yeah. I'll look into that. I'll look into that and post whatever I can find um, when I post your episode. Cause you're right. Yeah. Right to know is probably that they're, they all, yeah, I connect, I'm connected with them. So Okay. This is good. But I, I'm so interested in, um, in your, I mean, it, it's interesting to me. We didn't talk about it very much, but your experience with your faith, 
Um, we, we could talk about it if you want. And, I mean, and, you, you, you know, cut and paste or whatever. And um, your identity. Um, and have well, you, that was that was definitely a challenge, right? Because you know, I went from I went from uh, you know someone who was very uh, very deep into the Jewish religion to you know this no, no genetic uh, connection. Uh, now, Judaism is a religion that doesn't have to have a genetic connection if you if you've converted. So, I actually had converted. And I converted to the highest authority uh, as far as denominationally, right? And so for me, I already identified at that level and always have. And it was never connected to the Jewish, to my, my genetic upbringing. Your bloodline. Exactly. Right. But now that doesn't change the fact that, you know, it definitely shakes you to your kishkas. Like, it, mm -hmm. it gets, it, you know, it gets in your system and it's, you know, you start thinking, oh, wow, like, oh, my gosh. But uh, I, I'm one of the, I guess I would say one of the lucky ones who would go from such a drastic change in, uh, of, of genetic faith um, to, you know, have really rooted and be deeply rooted in where I am and who I am and what my belief is before, during, and after. Mm -hmm. um, now, culturally, which uh, I mean, culturally also, I'm very rooted, but I've just, just like when it comes to, you know, the family, I'm not letting go of one for another. Right. I'm just adding, right? So I'm adding this into my cultural, you know, attache. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, you know, I, I definitely like, I have never had any desire whatsoever to go to Italy before. Oh, yeah. No, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going. Right. And, you know, my wife, you know, there's always now the joke and now I, all, everywhere I turn, there's something popping up Italian or popping, you know, Italy just won the Euro, mm -hmm. uh, Euro soccer match. Uh, my wife is visiting family and she's in the neighborhood. She, she st she's staying is little Italy. And of they're course, going the signs crazy. were everywhere. They were she's everywhere all along. Right yeah, of course. It's, it's everywhere. And I, so, I mean, for me, it's more of, uh, adopting and, 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 and bringing it under the tent versus, you know, losing anything. I have not, uh, if anything, it's just shown me how solid I feel and am in, in where I am uh, and where my family is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that being said, like, I'm so interested to learn more, right? Like, uh, to, interested to learn about, like, their faith or, you know, to what extent they have, I mean, I believe it's ca they're Catholic. And so to learn more about that, right? But also remember, I told you, my mom converted. So right. I already have that from that family growing up. So I have that kind of like openness and understanding between the, between there. The fluidity, so, yeah. Hmm. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's definitely shakes you a bit. Um, but my shaking was more along the lines of like, well, I actually, I, I can't even say I was so shooken because the train took off way too quick. It was faster than <laughs> you could, right. It was, it, I didn't have time to really process. And now I'm a year after and okay, now I'm processing. And like, 
Some people, it takes them years, multiple years to process. Mm -hmm. It may take the other side multiple years to process and accept, right? Uh, I definitely sent a text message to the half brother and half sister on NPE, NPE Awareness Day, June 27th, right? Just saying like, hey, I know this wasn't, hasn't been a great experience for you guys and not really the greatest for me, but I'm grateful for, you know, for at least knowing who I am or where I come from. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, for me, I'm taking, I'm still going down the path. You know, my wife has gotten to a place where she like gets frustrated and is like mad that they are like not even engaging to the extent where she's like, they're so stupid. <laughs> they're, they're missing out on like the most amazing human being. That's my wife speaking. <laughs> Okay. That's my wife speaking. So, um, you know, she gets mad, but for me, it's like, I get frustrated or upset or hurt, but my overall philosophy is arms wide open. Right. Right. Well, now, well, really you're not just, holding a grudge. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, like if, if right now, if as we're speaking, I got a text message from, you know, the half brother or the biological father or the half sister or whatever, you know, or their dog. That would be amazing. If I got got it, I would in a second, pick it up, look at it, read it. But the difference is now I would take an hour to process to make sure I don't respond too quickly and upset some, because now I'm, I'm a little more conscious of, you know, their side and whatever, whatever shenanigans or whatever's going on on their side. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and this, no is that, this is something where that mentorship, you know, or a mentorship could be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, this has been very therapeutic and fun. Oh, good. I got good. I've enjoyed, I've actually enjoyed it immensely. Oh, good. It's yeah, nice it's- to the, my wife, my wife actually did. She recorded my story because she's like, you're going to forget all of this. <laughs> so she recorded it and it's, on like I don't know where she she like did like a voice recording uh-huh and it's like two hours long so much detail and I just said to her I said who the heck's gonna listen to that you'd <laughs> no be amazed you'd be amazed people people need to hear these things so yeah, good right. I'm glad she I'm glad she saved that oral histories are important yep yeah all right I will so, be in touch with you okay awesome this is exciting if anything you know comes up contact me I know I must be getting better from my stomach flu because now I'm craving pizza since Mendy talked about ordering it all the time now that he's Italian. Uh, We're not Italian, but we eat a lot of pizza in this house. I think families with a lot of kids eat a lot of pizza. Yeah, that's a thing, right? Uh, Who cares? That's a different podcast, the pizza podcast. Go find it. Um, Anyway, special thanks to Mendy for being a champ and telling his story and also being so honest about his experience. These aren't graceful, and I think that the more that people share all the parts of their NPE experience, uh, the graceful and the not so graceful, then the more the more shame is lifted all around, um, and that's how community is created, and that's how healing can happen. Also, you know how Mendy was talking about um, an ambassadorship or a mentorship for NPEs, so he was right. The organization called Right to Know does offer. Um, the resource on their website of, of like a mentorship or they'll, they'll help connect you. So I put it up on my Instagram, go see the information there, 
or look it up at righttoknow.us. And if this all felt too overwhelming, you can also reach out to me and I will try and help connect you to the right people. So shoot me an email, eve at everythingsrelativepodcast.com. You can also shoot me an email if you want to tell a story, you want to tell me anything. Um, If you want to complain or you have some ideas, uh, send me a note. That's it for this week, everyone. Thank you for coming along. Uh, stay in touch all week with social on the social media. Um, we're at Everything's Relative Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. Check out our Patreon. Rate and review. Share with all your friends. And don't forget to eat your veggies. I'm Eve Sturgis. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis is produced by Kaylin Egan and Eve Sturgis. Eve is a licensed therapist in the state of California, but conversations on this podcast are not therapy sessions. This podcast is edited by Stephanie Dilonzik, the logo design is by Ivy McNally, and the music is used with permission by Goodbye the Band. Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with grills for hands, or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time. Then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot Bigfoot Collectors Collectors Club, you're here to believe believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.